0: Everyone and welcome to another episode of Reconnect, the official podcast from Shinchanji, or in English, New Heaven, New Earth. If you're not familiar with my voice, this is Ray, and I'm actually here with my two lovely co hosts, TJ. Hello, everybody. All right. Hello, TJ. And.
1: And CC here. Hello, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here with you mm. once again.
0: Once again, we are back. Yes. yes, we are back. We're back with another episode. For another mm-hmm. episode. Mm. And I think the three of us have had really been anticipating today's episode because if you had listened to our previous episode, we did something mm-hmm. a little bit different. Right? We had a profile on someone very important in the Bible, and that person was Stephen. Mm. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Steven was very well known for being a martyr. And we went a lot deeper into that. So if you haven't listened to that episode, please do take the time to do so. Yeah. Before jumping mm-hmm. into this one. Uh, but we're going to pick up, pick up a little bit from there because I'm not a big fan of cliffhangers, but we definitely
2: left on one <laughs> on that episode. Yes, we did. Intentionally too. Intentionally. Because I was hoping to talk about this person because he's a very important figure in the bible Mm. and the cliffhanger was when stephen was being stoned um, people were laying their clothes in front of this person Mm. the stoners were laying their clothes in front of this person and we know this person to be saul or as we know apostle paul that's right yeah Mm. the apostle did we mention his name last time (laughs) i I think we did yeah we did so it wasn't much of a cliffhanger then was
1: it it was not really a cliffhanger i guess (laughs) it was just i i guess we can just cook it an appetizer before Mm, i like that that's a good
2: expression yeah i like that sounds good wow it was an appetizer
0: it was an appetizer yeah if that episode was an appetizer today this is where for today's episode we get the full meal so prepare yourselves, <laughs> this is going to be quite a feast. Yes, the full courts, very good. Yeah, because today we're going to be talking about the Apostle Paul and and really not, not doing it on a surface level, but into what Paul is all about, um, mm-hmm. the things that he went through, the things that he taught, the things that he shared, and really how God used him.
2: I think when people think of Apostle Paul, there are main things that come to mind and the biggest things are one, mm. he was a major convert, right? He was a Jew persecuting Christians and he converted to Christianity. And then also, after being converted, he was the one who spread the gospel very fervently. And even compared to all the apostles, he was the one who spread it mm. most to the Gentiles, right? <laughs> so, this is how we know Paul usually the convert and the evangelist. But there's so much more to him. And that's why we want to talk about him. Because as you said, Ray, a lot of the times we deal with Paul on a very surface level. And I see this in oh, the yeah. TV series and, you know, how he's portrayed in media as well. But the fact is Paul wrote 12 to 13 books yeah. in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Right. That's almost half. And we can't talk about the New Testament without Paul. So let's talk about who he was, what he did, And most importantly, like the significance of what he did. So not just the surface, but really Mm. diving deep into it. Let's do it, it. let's do it.
1: Yeah. When we think about Paul, we need also to have in mind his background, especially how Mm -hmm. he came to to be that persecutor, and also Mm -hmm. how he shifted from persecutor to Mm -hmm. evangelist. So yes transformed. (laughs) So I guess we can just like try to travel back just a little bit. And if we look at him, who he was a, as a person, he was born in the Jew community and he was part of one of the 12 tribes. If mm-hmm. my memory is good, he was from the tribe of Benjamin. Because of his background, we don't have many details to talk about, like if he, he was like wealthy or mm-hmm. all this. But mm-hmm. for sure, what we we do know is that Paul did have a dual nationality. He was also right. Roman. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> we, yeah. Roman yeah. citizenship.
1: So having this dual nationality give him like a lot of perks regarding how he can move. And having this in mind, we, we can also like try to really see who he was, like based on his like belief as well. Mm-hmm. Because Paul was a Jew, right? But we know as well that in the Jewish community, we have a lot of denomination. And Paul chooses to be a Pharisee, to be mm-hmm. a teacher mm-hmm. of the law, which...
2: And he learned from the best, right?
1: Yeah, Gamaliel. That's
2: right. That's right. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So Gamaliel being like a member of the Sanhedrin, which is mm-hmm. the old like court of justice. Yeah.
2: I guess you could say it's like the Supreme that's Court the way of the Jewish society. It, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, Supreme mm. Court. Put it simply, yeah.
1: Yeah. So he was the pupil of the best, the cream of the cream of the Jews. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he learned from the best in the Mm -hmm. community, which put him as well like in the best position when it comes Mm -hmm. to everything that is entitled to that position within the Jew community. And because of his belief and also his connection, he was in the forefront when it comes to persecution because of all Mm -hmm. this
2: very strong believer of Mm. the jewish faith at the time right
1: exactly i think it's an
2: understatement to say that having a roman citizenship at the time had its perks i would say (laughs) it's like charlie with a golden ticket you just connected yeah Yeah. it's a golden ticket to charlie
0: and a chocolate factory Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's that works that works i'm sorry
2: (laughs) no but Mm -hmm. really it is a golden ticket i mean everybody envied a person with a Roman citizenship because as you said, Cece, it opened so many doors. It had its perks. And Paul being in that unique position of having dual citizenships, he had the life of a Jew and also he had the life of a Roman. Being born into that citizenship. So he had a very Mm. elite status Mm. is what I'm trying to get at. Elite status in life. And then he learns from the best, Mm. Gamaliel one of the members of the Sanhedrin. So you can see that his life is kind of like mapped out to be a very elite course. Definitely. Very true. Now, yeah, with that Roman citizenship, he was in a position that the other
0: apostles or even the 12 disciples, they didn't mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. So that, that mm-hmm. afforded him different mm-hmm. opportunities that were unique to him. Mm.
2: Mm.
1: Very true. But you know, the fact that he was that elite, hmm and have also like all this background of being like a Pharisee and someone that really have a strong belief and a strong faith in the tradition of the elder. He was very zealous for mm-hmm. for his belief. And yes. this is also like one of the reasons why he also persecuted the people that believe in Jesus. Because for him, the people that have a belief in something that is against what he think is his belief is actually like something that he couldn't like um, handle, which lead him and which give him that drive to go and to mm-hmm. persecute those people as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So he was very passionate and fervent in what he believed. But I want to take this into a different perspective because talking about his elite background, mm. how many people have you seen who have such an elite background but choose t- to dedicate their entire lives for faith because i'm sure that paul had other opportunities as well faith wasn't the only option he had so many other open doors and yet he chose faith he chose the life of a religious person and i think this speaks volumes about what kind of heart that he had towards god he was very serious and sincere Mm. about his faith Religion. And like you said, I think that translated into his <laughs> his dedication and determination of seeking out what he deemed as a cult of the Jewish religion, mm-hmm. which was Christianity at the time.
1: So like, when we understand this, we can also understand better the reason why mm-hmm. he was there when Stephen was stoned and why it was mm-hmm. also like approving the whole situation. Because for him, mm-hmm. Stephen represented that That's, image of yeah. the cult. Yes. Of yes. course, like mm-hmm. uh, making that cult disappear was was something that must have felt very good mm-hmm. for him at that mm-hmm. time. But yeah, mm, yes, he was trying to also pursue and continue this work of Persecution mm-hmm. after the slowning mm-hmm. of Stephen, which led mm-hmm. him to be on the road of Damascus, right?
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. He yes. was going to round up all the Ex- Christians. Exactly. You know, we say persecute mm-hmm. the Christians because now we know all that history. But in Paul's perspective at the time, he was simply doing yeah. justice. He was doing God's work by rounding up all these um, cults, members of cults that are being an infestation of the Jewish faith. That's how how they saw Mm. the Christian faith at the time. He was doing God's work Mm. to his mind at the time.
1: So he was going on his road to meet those Christians and to eradicate them when he Mm. met Jesus. And in that scene, everyone knows he heard that voice and then that voice talked to him. And then afterwards, he became blind, and then after that, he spent it sometimes as well with the uh, disciple three days, and then afterwards he started his work as an evangelist.
2: Well, well let's get into a little bit of detail <laughs> of what actually happened. I think, uh, although we expect most of our listeners yeah. to know what mm-hmm. happened in that event, let's just give a little bit more detail, like visualize on what happened mm-hmm. on Paul's so way we really need to keep in mind
0: is that we talked about how Paul, as a persecutor, was a persecutor. His reputation. he he wasn't just one persecutor among many well in a sense he was but he was most definitely the most well-known and and i do think like that's an important thing to to mention to christians at that time hearing the name Saul of tarsus it's 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 like almost it's like the boogeyman Mm -hmm. um (laughs) almost that's how Mm -hmm. his reputation was he was so full of full of zeal that it really didn't matter whether it was uh, mm-hmm. male or female, young or old, his focus and his faith was in the persecution of Christians at that time. When he was on that road to Damascus, it is, as like C.C. was saying, it is a, a meet and eradicate. But <laughs> but he was definitely uh, completely focused on, you know, what he thought was the right thing to be doing right that, right at that time. Yeah.
2: Right,
1: yeah, so after this whole situation, he still goes outside and still continue that work of persecution. It was like really tracking the Christian at that time and yeah. really doing the work of eradicate them. Hmm. So he was on his
2: on his a strong word eradicate
1: <laughs> because this is true.
2: And I think it's the, it's an appropriate word given that the Jews saw Christians as mm. a disease. Mm. Wow. Something to eradicate, really. And I think b- given his devotion and his determination of trying to eradicate the Christians, he really does garner yes. a huge reputation Definitely. for mm. himself among Christians. S- Saul of Tarsus is like <laughs> the boogeyman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. He was still trying to continue this his journey this journey of as we said like eradication of the Christian and mm, mm-hmm. he was on his way to Damascus this is when he had met Jesus but for those mm. of you who don't know the story, we will just okay. like um tell you what happened at that time so he <laughs> oh, was so at bad. the school yeah, so he <laughs> was on this way on his way and he actually <laughs> 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 and he actually, like, saw mm. a light. And for people that are, like, Christian, most of the time when God appears, we mm-hmm. generally, like, see a light.
2: Mm-hmm. Example, yeah.
1: Moses. When mm, right. he met God as well, a light appeared, and then what follows after is a voice speaking. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. is exactly what happened here as well. Mm-hmm. So he first saw a light, and then he hear a voice. And that voice mm-hmm. is... Telling him, soul, soul, why are you persecuting me?
2: Mm, Yes.
1: And Paul at that time doesn't know who is talking to him. Mm -hmm. And then Mm. the voice is telling him, I am Jesus, the one that you are persecuting. Wow. Mm. And after Jesus revealed to Paul who he is, Mm. he gave him the mission to actually let go and to tell people exactly what Jesus want him to do.
2: And hence we know Paul the evangelist of Gentiles but given that he met Jesus Mm. on the way to Damascus um, it was funny because he saw the light Mm. but his accompanying people they didn't see the light they didn't and they just saw Paul (laughs) kind of hallucinating right but they thought Paul was hallucinating they
1: did hear yes
2: Mm. exactly Mm, so that's uh, that's what I found kind of strange yeah Um, something I want to ask Jesus (laughs) When I do need him, (laughs) so he they didn't see the light, but they heard a voice. Yes. Anyway, but Paul goes blind for three days. Yes. And he doesn't eat, he doesn't drink for three days. No. Mm.
1: And after that, in the same period of time, Jesus also visited one of the people that was working with the disciples Mm. as well, Mm -hmm. and that person was also like given the mission to go and to meet. Mm Paul and to help him. And that person yeah. was Ananias. <laughs> Ananias.
2: Yeah. And I love I love his reaction. Yeah. I love his reaction <laughs> that Jesus told him. Because you would think that if, as a Christian, if Jesus appears in front of you and says, hey, go mm-hmm. and do what I tell you, you would say, okay, Jesus, thank you. I will do what you ask of me. But Ananias, I'm not sure if it was the reputation that Paul built up for himself or it's just Ananias. But Ananias says, hey, Jesus, wait. This is the guy <laughs> that's been persecuting all of us. You want re- You really want me to go and help this person? <laughs> <laughs> I found that to be very realistic in a sense. Oh, that, totally. uh, he's very honest, right? Mm. But Jesus told him to do it, but he did have concerns. And that's the kind of person Saul was or Paul was oh, at the yeah. time to the Christians. Men, women, young, old, it didn't matter to Paul. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. the funny thing is Jesus tells Ananias, you know what? Go to him because I... I'm going to show Paul how much he has to suffer for my, my name, name. Mm. and Ananias, after hearing that, he's like, okay, go.
0: <laughs> He's reassured.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah, I'm not sure if that statement reassured Ananias, but anyway, Jesus did tell Ananias that Paul will have to suffer for his name and the spreading of the gospel. Exactly. So Ananias goes to Paul and Heal opens him. up his eyes, mm-hmm. heals him and after that, Paul is... Paul becomes Christian, basically. Yeah. And I've always wondered how this was, because let's let's really think about it in Paul's shoes. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've lived your entire life believing that the Jewish faith is the one and only truth, yeah. and you believed so strongly that this Christian uh, Christian religion is a cult, yeah, and a disease, so much so that you're on your way to Damascus to round them up, and persecute them and put them in jail, and. He sees a light. He hears a voice saying that it's Jesus. Honestly, given the life that Paul lived, if I were Paul, I would have just told myself that maybe I hallucinated. Uh. Maybe I ate some bad bread because his conversion is a complete denial of his entire life. Mm. And realistically speaking, when someone is confronted with that sort of situation, they tend to look away. They tend to uh, deny the truth. That was revealed mm. in front of them:
0: Because the truth is uncomfortable mm. and because it calls into question mm. you know mm-hmm. all the years that he spent prior.
2: Right We can't simply believe that Paul converted to Christianity just because he saw the light and heard Jesus' voice. What we have to understand is that Paul lived his entire life as a Pharisee, memorizing and studying and scribing the word the Old Testament mm. and. We have to understand that Jesus is the realization and the actualization of that Old Testament. And it is because Paul realized that Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecy of the Old Testament that he is able to have such conviction of this event. Mm. Mm.
1: You really put and said. Paul apart from his comrade the Pharisees, because uh, when mm-hmm. we we think about the time when Jesus was here, and mm-hmm. Jesus was actually like talking to the Pharisees, he told them that they were studying the uh, scriptures very mm-hmm. diligently, but they refused to come to him. But if mm-hmm. we think about like Paul as
2: mm-hmm. a
1: Pharisee as well, he was as well mm-hmm. studying diligently, just like those mm-hmm. people, but mm-hmm. contrary to those people, he actually came to Jesus after realizing mm-hmm. everything.
2: Mm. Yeah. So oh, this is also exception. like
1: something that will um, make him someone that we as Christian can also look up to.
2: Yeah, because wow. for him, what's most important was the truth. Exactly. And we can compare this to Nicodemus as mm. well. Yeah. Very true. Because Nicodemus was also a teacher of the law, mm. right? And he knew that there was something special about Jesus. He knew, but. After we see him appear in John chapter three, we don't see him reappear again until Jesus' crucifixion. I mean, he came and um, he was there at Jesus' crucifixion and we can see that he accepted Jesus in some way, but he never came out forefront. Um, He was never there to confess and profess his faith Mm. for Jesus, but Paul, you see him after three days and after opening his eyes, he starts going into the synagogues yeah. <laughs> and starts preaching that Jesus is the Messiah. He <laughs> doesn't waste any time. So this really does differentiate Paul from the rest of the Pharisees mm-hmm. and the teachers of the law. He really was determined for God and for the truth. One question I
0: have, why was Paul chosen? Okay, now this seems like a simple question, but let me get a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. Why would God mm-hmm. use someone like Paul Someone like that. And what that. I mean by that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm to focus on like that. Let's focus on yeah. that. And what yeah. I mean by that is that this is someone who has spent their entire life and education getting to the point of reputation that he had gotten to where, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, it didn't matter whether it was male, female, young and old. He was persecuting God's people. He was persecuting Christians. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter to him. He, mm-hmm. And this is someone who not just witnessed Stephen being stoned, but gave approval to it. And mm-hmm. it. his entire heart, his entire task, his entire focus was on the persecution of Christians up to that point when Jesus revealed himself to him. So with someone mm-hmm. with that kind of bloody past, to be honest, honest with you, mm-hmm. yeah. why would God use someone like that? Yeah, maybe a tough question. I mean...
2: Ask God. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting because Paul says, how can anybody know the heart of God? Mm. Mm. But we have the heart of Christ. I think that's in the first book of Corinthians. So with that, let's try to gain some insight into why God chose Paul um, in spite of all that he's done. Personally, Mm. I've talked to a lot of uh, Christians who have had opinions about this issue. Um, they say that strategically speaking, God choosing Paul and converting him was the best thing that God did for the spread of Christianity. Mm. Why? Because he was such a strong persecutor. And for someone like him to be converted, it's a great testimony and an evidence to the Christian faith. Mm. And I think that that has a point in the sense that the result that it brought, it did bring about the evangelism of so many Gentiles, right. and um, but the thing is, I think we should always look at what God's heart is in the decision that He makes, and we have to understand that we are His children. All people are His children, and even Paul, in spite of his persecution and the wrongdoings that he did, is God's child. Mm. And Paul reminds me of John chapter sixteen, verse one to four, where Jesus tells the disciples that there will be people who persecute you or even kill you right thinking that it's in service for God Mm. and Paul was the example of that and to God this is a person who thinks they love God so much to the point where he's going out and killing other children of God Mm. he's in such great misunderstanding and Think about, as a parent, how much pain that would cause you to see a child in such great misunderstanding. Isn't that the kind of person that you want to get through to first? Mm. I think that's how we should understand God choosing Paul instead of this like strategic uh, decision for the uh, Christian evangelism. No, let's look at his heart.
0: Talking a lot about Paul and really the kind of heart that he had to really just do what God desired and really to find out what truth is and to pursue that. And then once he found it, like he did when Jesus actually revealed himself to him, he was already in the synagogues within days, Mm -hmm. Yeah, spreading the gospel. Paul is someone who's very famous for evangelism. Yes. Right. He is the apostle who went out beyond Jerusalem Mm -hmm. into... Above and beyond. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Above and beyond. Um, in, in his travels, he, he went to multiple different countries, multiple different languages, uh, spread the gospel in places where the apostles, other apostles were not able to go, where the 12 disciples were not mm-hmm. able to go. So I think it'd be good to actually talk a little bit about, I guess, what kind of heart he had as an evangelist and what he
2: accomplished. And I guess what motivated him yeah. to do that, right? Yeah.
1: Whether it is in the book of Acts and the following books, we have those letters that are written to people that mm-hmm. live in specific cities and when we open those letters we have a travel book a travel guide mm-hmm. of the itinerary that apostle mm-hmm. paul had followed when he was mm. doing this work of evangelism so he went to cities like ephesus Colos. each mm. time he actually like travel we we can see that he's going very far from like jerusalem and yeah. mm-hmm. seeing that he actually like uh makes sense and he also like become a testimony of his work which is going outside to the gentile to the people that are not jews so yeah. he's traveling around like rome and also in rome and delivering all this work doing all this work and delivering the word as well so when we take a look at the um, letter just like i said it is really like a, a testimony and a full itinerary of all the work that he has done
2: yeah and i don't think it's an understatement to say that half the book of acts is about paul and his evangelism oh, yeah. yeah it was jesus's mandate and command mm-hmm. to all christians and first the disciples to spread the gospel to the ends okay. of the earth very and paul was very very loyal to that command i would say amen
1: If we want to to go back to your question, what was his motivation, right? Just like TJ said, like, for God, like, we can just go and ask Paul, but he's not really, like, uh, doable. So we will try to really, like, put ourselves into his shoes and try to understand with what kind of heart he was doing this work. When we, we take a look back to his work as a persecutor, we know that he was very like zealous and he was very like yeah. motivated and he yeah. has this strong belief and is this strong faith in the work that he, he was doing. And that is why he did this kind of action. But after he came to the knowledge of the truth, after he met Jesus, he had this shift, right? So seeing mm-hmm. this shift and also, I guess, as a person looking back as his own action and to all the, um, the suffering that he inflicted to the Christian at that time. I don't want to say he had like mm. some guilt, but for sure, as a human, mm-hmm. there is something going on here, reflecting uh, about like his past action.
2: So I think it mainly comes down to a couple points. Mm. If I summarize what you said, CC, yeah. it's that it's given his personality, even before he became a Christian, he was very devoted
1: exactly in something
2: he believed Mm. in yeah so once that belief shifted over to christianity after realizing the truth Mm. then uh, his personality didn't change it was the same but now it's changed because he knows what is true exactly and he pursued that And I think it's very important what you mentioned about uh, there being a little bit of guilt. I mean, maybe that's not the best word to use. I'm not sure. But I think that does accurately uh, grasp and capture what people think Paul might have felt. Mm. Because he was Saul of Tarsus, persecutor of Christians. And being in that position where <laughs> when he was first converted, they didn't want to meet him. Christians didn't no. want to meet him. They, they, they didn't trust them. him.
0: They, th- they thought he was a double agent. That's right, right? It, yeah, it was only uh, what was it? Barnabas was the only person that was actually willing to <laughs> take him oh, yeah. in.
1: Willing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. everybody else
0: was like, Shoot. <laughs> they, they were, they were gone. Nope, they want nothing to do <laughs> nothing. with him.
2: Yeah. Right. I think this played a part in his role in evangelism, in the sense that um, he always had to carry that burden. Of, and that label of being a persecutor. And he mentions this in one of his letters. He says he was a persecutor of the church mm. and he knows it. Mm-hmm. He also was there when Stephen was stoned to death mm-hmm. and he was there approving everything. Where I think we can see a glimpse of Paul's heart is in Acts chapter 14. This is after he's converted and he actively spreads the gospel and he runs into Jews and he spreads the gospel, explains why Jesus is the Messiah. But then the crowd overtakes him, and they stone Paul near death. Wow. They stone him to the point where they thought he's, he's dead. They thought he died, and they drag him outside the city and leave him there to die, or they thought he was already dead. And yet, after some of the Christians, they gather, and they come to Paul, and then Paul gets up and goes back into the city. Now, you got to think mm-hmm. about the fact that people thought he was dead this the people who stoned him thought paul was dead so you got to think about the physical state he's in yeah and yet paul gets up and goes back into the city with his fellow christians and it got me to think about what was going on through paul's mind as he was being stoned and as he lay outside the city walls Mm. i don't think he could have helped thinking about stephen stephen as he was being stoned how stephen must have felt and how because he was there feeling responsible for the taking of Stephen's life he has that burden and the responsibility to carry out what Stephen could not do and not just Stephen but other Christians who were persecuted and put to death i feel that paul had a massive responsibility a sense of responsibility that he put on himself because he felt that it was he was a persecutor and he had to do what the other Christians were not able to do because their life ended early because they were persecuted and put to death.
0: That's an aspect of Paul that I think a lot of Christians and, and certainly myself um, growing up hadn't thought about because early on we talked about, uh, or at least I mentioned rather, our surface level thought uh, when, it, when it came to Paul or, or the way that he was taught to us or explained to us. And mm-hmm. we think of him as someone who was persecuting Christians then had his Mm -hmm. moment of uh, Jesus appearing before him. And then Mm -hmm. he just continued on after that point and just spread the gospel. And that was it. But we don't often think about him as a human, a a man who had a past, who had seen blood spilled, that he encouraged and pursued and wanted to take place because he thought it was right Mm -hmm. and how it might feel. After knowing the truth and then having to reflect on that afterwards, and 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 that being something that mm, it would it would have a monumental effect for any one of us, so certainly for Paul. Mm-hmm.
1: And just like TJ said, like when we really think about the heart that he might have had when he took a wolf stone, this is the exact same situation as Stephen and as like uh, other murders as well that he murdered himself and. He could have just go and do like th- th- the work of evangelism. And when he actually like faced this kind of situation, just give up. But I guess like when you, you are like someone that, that had this zeal for the work of God, whether you, you were like a persecutor because you didn't know the truth, Or whether afterwards you came to know to the truth and you actually like do the work of God. When you have this zeal, it just like seems natural for you to just do what is needed to be done. Mm. And I guess for him, doing the work of the people that he killed, the people that cannot work now, Mm -hmm. I guess it is like a mission that he uh, just like um, starting on his own. mission to Mm -hmm. actually like do his work plus the work of Mm -hmm. the people that Mm tied
2: by his hand so Mm
1: -hmm. i guess this is something very admirable
2: and i don't think we can say that what we just talked about um is true necessarily Mm right but as christians we should always place ourselves in the shoes of the apostles and jesus to better have to better understand how it would have been, realistically speaking, living like that in that time. And I th- and this process of thinking and thinking deeply allows us to grow our faith because we start seeing our lives and seeing, seeing their lives in accordance to ours as we live our daily lives in this day and age.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: without that, it all seems like a fairy tale, right? Mm. Oh, it seems like history. And it has little relevance to our lives unless we start putting in the time and effort to really contemplating on how it must have been Uh and what I would have done in that situation, how I would have felt. So I hope that, um, uh, yeah, our contemplation here, it shouldn't be taken in as truth, but also, but as an encouragement, it should encourage our listeners. We hope that it encourages our listeners, uh, those of you who are listening uh, to really do the same. Yeah. In every book that you read about, every person that you read about in the Bible. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, Paul is someone that in his letters, he, he, he's really real. Mm-hmm. He, he gets a lot more real than I think sometimes we, we realize. If we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you know, verses 9 and 10, it's, it's Paul himself that says that he doesn't even deserve to be called an apostle because of his past. Because mm-hmm. he, he himself said, because I persecuted the church. He even mentions in verse 10, it's like, I worked harder than everyone. And he gives credit to God. Now, this isn't his ego talking, but it's just an acknowledgement. Like, I worked harder than everyone. And so it's, he was someone that did not take these things lightly, did not take the work that he had to do lightly. He gave all of himself into it. And so, yes, it's definitely an appropriate question for, for us as Christians to ask if we would be willing to do the same. If we're going to put Paul on that pedestal, we have to be able Mm -hmm. to ask ourselves if Mm -hmm. we'd be able to do the same.
2: Yeah. Right. And you know, Paul says many times, be like me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Try, please imitate me as I imitate Christ. Mm -hmm. Right? So don't just consider these people as your icons for Christianity, right? They should be your role model. And a role model is someone you try to emulate, someone you try to be, um, and for us to do that, a deep contemplation is needed so that we can keep putting ourselves in that situation in their shoes.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah.
2: Good. Yeah.
0: So, this episode, we've talked a lot about Paul and his past, um, the story of his conversion, and the kind of heart and zeal that he that he carried with him after that point as well but going back to that zeal that zeal is something that fervent belief that he had when he was still persecuting christians that kind of attitude of giving all of himself to what he believed to be true that wasn't something that went away when jesus Mm -hmm. appeared to him right Mm -hmm. that same Attitude of putting all of yourself into what you know to be true. When when he mm-hmm. actually was able to confirm that Jesus was a Messiah, and this is what he should be preaching, should be sharing, should be sharing the gospel with the nations. He gave all of that same zeal that he had as a persecutor, and applied it to truth mm-hmm. and the work that he did from that point. And you know, it was something that was so different than just like we talked about today. The Pharisees. They have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to accept truth. They didn't do it. Even Nicodemus, we don't have a confirmation in the the Bible whether Mm -hmm. he did in the end, but Paul did. Mm -hmm. Paul was Mm -hmm. that one exception. He was that one example of someone who spent his entire life pursuing the same things as the Pharisees. But when truth Mm -hmm. came to him, he gave all of his passion towards it. And it wasn't something that was automatic. It wasn't something that was like, oh, cool, boom, God is with him. And then (laughs) it's an easy street and he goes spread the gospel to the nations like it was nothing. No, just like we talked about today. It was something where he really had to examine his heart and have the heart to do it because of his past, because of persecution that he did as someone who actually um, witnessed and participated and gave approval to the persecution of Christians, including Stephen. This would without a doubt leave him with a huge responsibility Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. To not just do the work of of God, right? Which is, of course, the forefront. But in a sense, to to really do the work of those that had actually come before him and who knew the truth that he might have actually been responsible for persecuting those very same people, people like Stephen. For Paul, his love for God um, was definitely the number one motivator for him, but just like everything that we covered today in today's episode right. as well. Um, and then one thing that we really need to ask ourselves is that with these figures like Paul in the Bible, it is very important that great. If we're going to call them role models, if we're going <laughs> to really try to put them in, in a place right. where we look up to them, then we yeah. really need to ask ourselves the same questions that um, honestly, they might've even asked themselves. It's like, Am I giving all that I can to do the work that mm. God has given me? Do I love God enough? Do I accept truth enough to really give all of myself mm-hmm. for it, like someone like Paul? So mm. um, these are definitely important questions to ask for any of us as believers. And well, for today's episode, <laughs> okay, I promised you guys a meal, right? I promised you a feast. Okay, so if what we've had today, Mm. Was like mm, I don't know steak. We
1: started we started to the meal, but we still haven't Mm. finished it. Exactly, we are like in the middle.
0: We're in the middle. That's how I feel like too. Yeah. So you know, don't worry. There's definitely more meal to come. There's definitely more feast to come. Dessert hasn't even arrived yet. Mm -hmm. So consider this part one of our profile on Paul of this meal, and it will definitely be continued in our next episode. So for those of you who have been listening or whether it's your first time, or whether you've been listening, um, to previous episodes as well, please continue to like subscribe, share it with others. And as always feel free to email us. If you have questions, if you have thoughts, um, if you have prayer that, or if you even
2: want to learn more. Mm. So yes, yeah, yes. I think that was a really nice sum up. Um, and, uh, we can, we can leave, uh, the listeners with a slight glimpse, a teaser into what we're going to be talking about next episode about Paul. I mean, we talked about Paul as the evangelist wow. and how he became to be a Christian, but that wasn't it. Uh, as Ray very briefly mentioned, Paul wrote 12 to 13 books in the Bible, right? And we have to look at what the content is because they were not addressed to Gentiles and non-believers. They were addressed to believers like you and me. And what did he have so much to say that he wrote 12 to 13 books? So this is something we'll be dealing um, in the next episode, what he preached even to the Christians after they started to believe in Christ. And this is incredibly important because it deals with our walk of faith after we become Christians.
0: Mm. Mm. something to look forward to (laughs) for the continuation (laughs) of this meal
1: so I guess this is it for today right
0: yep Mm -hmm. Uh, well this has been Ray and this has been TJ
1: and CC here Mm.
0: and you have been listening to Reconnect Reconnect. thanks for listening thank you guys until next time
1: we will see you in the next episode bye 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 (laughs)